Good evening from Los Angeles, everybody. I am Holiday Kirk with the New Metal Agenda. Uh, coming to you live from cold, rainy Los Angeles. And uh, with me today are my LA co-hosts, uh, LA co-host Z. What's up? Way out in Indiana, Cran. What up? And the similarly West Coast and morning after champion, Johnny from Health. What's up? What's up, Kirk? So I when I got uh, home this morning, like 7 a.m. or something, I, I took off my shoe and a Mario Party switch cartridge fell out. So I think it's yours. I think that's my Mario Party switch cartridge. I do that for every guest. Every time someone crashes at my house, I put a I put a random switch cartridge in their shoe for later. Mm-hmm. It's an it's it, from an Irish limerick. It's for good luck. It's like um, it's like George Costanza with the hat, or uh, or the once was a man named Enos. It's just his way of trying to lure you back in. He's like, so you oh no, you gotta bring back. Yeah, you gotta bring back the car. You gotta bring back the cartridge. Oh. You could do it. You could do what Hollywood people do and be like, I'll call a lift. I'll send it to you in a lift. Mm-hmm. Just give the guy in the lift the one here, take that and let me know when you get there. I've done it. Not for something that small. Today, the topic of discussion is going to be the distinctively new metal, excellent Hellbilly Deluxe. Hellbilly Deluxe by the new metal artist Rob Zombie. And this, this, is, is, this is not a new metal album. This is a suggestion from Johnny of the new metal band Health. So it all kind of goes <laughs> in coordination with each other. So. Do you want to bring up the why this one jumps out to you? Because I, I I asked Johnny which album he would want to talk about, and I think this was like the first one. He's like, oh, let's do Hellbilly Deluxe. Uh, I'm just thinking of what I actually was listening to the time and most passionate about, and um, I think if we we're going to this year, 1988, I was listening to a lot of Hellbilly Deluxe. Um, the whole whole era, though, the, my number one album in high school was uh, a Tool Lateralis, which I think came out 01, or is that 2000? But yeah. And I, but I wouldn't even try to call that new metal. I really wouldn't. Whereas with no, this no, one, not even close. With this one, whereas with this one, like it's in the, it's in the neighborhood. Nah, it's all, oh, what do you, industrial metal. It's in the neighborhood. It's in all the metal. damn neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, supposedly Rob Zombie was supposed to be on the Family Values tour, but they wouldn't let him do the the stage show stuff. Oh well, pff, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, well, they like, let Ramstein do all the fireball shit. Well, no, it's it's pretty. No, they didn't have they had none of that back then. Uh, if you because I watched the Family Values. Uh, video recently we watched it on our discord and uh uh Rammstein was doing all the theatrics but it was like low budget and like he had like a fake dick and like uh came all over his back didn't they still <laughs> have like the fireball arrow they did do that uh, they did do the fireball yeah, arrow. i could have sworn he did yeah. the fireball bow and arrow thing really I'm sure rob okay, was yeah. watching that like what the fuck i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna do all that why do they get away with it z we actually delayed this episode so you could make it because you love this album right yeah i've probably listened to this album more than Maybe any record that's not by Deftones. And I listened to it for the first time today. Cran, are you a big wait? Hold up. Head? We can't just brush past that. I'm sorry, Cran, <laughs> but the first time today. I think today's the first time, maybe the first or second time I've listened to the full thing. Because with Rob Zombie's one of those guys like 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 Rammstein, where it's like do Haas. Like, okay, I'm good. I mean, this uh, I've like heard Dragula. I'm good. Dude, I'm good on. to go. Well, I guess we will talk about this. This is this album is so front loaded and so hot. By the time you get to the second side, you know, you already blew it. You blew your load. What do you want to say? You're like, whoa. You know, it's like it's, it I is mean, so front loaded. It's every hit in a row. Especially when it has the lesser version of Dracula. Like, so you're not even getting okay, the best the version up. of Dracula. No, come on. Dude. Which is what obvious. You, what do you think is the best version? <laughs> well, the, I mean, everyone knows the better version is the Hot Rod Herman mix from the <laughs> Matrix soundtrack. Like, it's, it's, it's cool. It's the <laughs> far is the far. All part. right. Now we do have to brush past that. Cram, what's your history with the album? <laughs> Uh, N slash A, it was a blip on my radar back then. Uh, wow. I mean, I, I like the album, but I don't love it. It's it 
it's just kind of there. And Johnny, when you say it's front loaded, I think it gets more interesting after you get past the singles. It's definitely more interesting, but it's like the thing where because they're all put together and the singles are all put together, even the catchy ones on the second side just like cannot hit because you just have these like fucking smashes in a row. It's just it's just the thing with the it just it's so front loaded. Like I've listened to this album so many times and I barely remember some of the songs on the second side because it was just like yeah, I come to my buddy's house after school and we'd like smoke weed and like put on his three CD changer and like one of them was held by deluxe and we'd listen to the whole album pretty much every day after school and like I still like foggy on some of the second side songs. You're like, not going to you know? stick up for the ballad of Resurrection Joe and Rosa Horror? I will. It's like not much of a song, but I really enjoy it. You know, it's it. all really tight. Like I really love the lo-fi one. It sounds all cool, but it's just like, it's just that thing. It's like if these hits were probably spread out, it, it I think it would be a totally different experience, but Definitely so many jammers in a row and they're so good. You know, it is. It is trouble because it's like when you do the Super Beast Dragula living dead girl trio for someone like me, I would just be like, why would I need more Rob Zombie than this? Like, all right. Thank you. It's pretty amazing. I mean, if if they could, if the second side could have kept that, it would be like thriller. It would be like, (laughs) like (laughs) when the greatest sounds ever made, you know, sort of thing, you know. So would you are you like kind of coming up short on calling this like a classic album? Oh, I mean. It's probably the best album, like big album, nineteen eighty eight, right? What else came out this? There's some cool System underground releases I, I, I love this year, but like I don't know. System I of mean, a Down self title I mean, came out yeah, that year. That was the biggest one I could think of. I mean, I don't know. I mean, these are like fucking smashes. Like these songs are hit. These are pop songs. Like they're amazing. And Cran, did you <laughs> yeah. see these guys open for Crazy Town? <laughs> no, I don't think was Rob Zombie at Ozfest two thousand one. No, he was not. I, yeah, I I didn't see the funny thing. I, I didn't see, remember that. I didn't see Rob Zombie until like four or five, four years ago uh, at the Not Fest Ozfest, which is actually hilariously at the same venue I went to Ozfest 01 at. San Bernardino, right? Yeah, the it, well, it used to be the Blockbuster Pavilion. I don't know if it still is. Maybe it still was the Blockbuster Pavilion, which is really funny to me. No, it's the uh, Sam and Well. Oh, yeah, I think uh, that was. Do any of you prefer White Zombie? I white zombie okay white I zombie do, is way cooler sure. and white zombie is is way cooler and sounds awesome and it has like the extreme metal like kind of riffs like white zombie is so much metal. cooler yeah it, it's so it's awesome but but this is this is the way you go solo though it's like ozzy osbourne leaves my sabbath it's just like how about some fucking hits it's just like shabab shabang shaboom like it's amazing like this is the way the way you want to do it you know so for those that don't know lead singer and chronically out of breath frontman rob zombie was in white zombie before he was solo and Thanks to Beavis and Butthead and Groove Metal in general, I guess. They had two big albums. They did two double platinum albums in a row, Lost Exorcisto and Astro Creep 2000. And then they broke up hard. Like, they broke up conclusively, right? Like, done. Nothing it's after. It's never going to happen ever again. Like, Rob Zombie makes jokes on his Facebook page about them never reuniting. Yeah, so they broke up conclusively. And Rob Zombie, basically, when it was time for Rob Zombie to do the t- the the pivot to a solo career, I think he did... To me, it sounds like he just listened to more human than human and was like, let's just do this times 10. Let's just beef this up in every way that we can. And And he was right to do so. He was. He was right to do so. And I think and obviously that paid big dividends for him. I mean, this album went triple platinum. So he he did two million, two million and then three million. Yeah. And he's able to like become a fucking movie director after it is. It's pretty wild, you know. Usually solo projects, you don't jump out of the the band into your solo project and then outsell your solo project like right away. Yeah, you, you do like, if if it's like Ozzy. You know, it's like that's this is the way you want to do it, like going more pop and just just guns blazing. Like it's the way to do it. So yeah, is White Zombie cooler? Yes, but 
this is killer. Like, this is the way you want to do it. You know, right. there's a mythos behind White Zombie, too, because they had the two smash albums and they're like, that's it. Kaput. It's never going to happen again. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're early ass albums. Like, they're like the noise art. rock ones. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're art, like, they're good, though. They're fucking arty kids. I think they went to fucking RISD or some shit. Like, they're hipsters. You know, like, uh, that's I, I, when I was a kid. So, my brother, uh, older brother, he had like, he had the White Zombie CD and he, I was looking at it and I was like, Whoa, this is like scary and creepy. These guys are satanic. And like now I look at now, I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is <laughs> it's a kind of funny, you know? Uh, but and then you the watch time, the Thunder Kids 65 video and you're like, drugs. Yeah. I actually, actually, you know, I never watched MTV. So like, I never saw any of these videos for, for yeah, anything. You can look it up now. There's a, there's a website yeah. called YouTube.com. You can look uh, it up now. <laughs> I did watch what I like about YouTube is like, there's all these bands. I was like, oh, I wonder what it was like to see them live. And, uh, and I did look up White Zombie and there was that thing. It's like, he is out of breath. Like he can't get through. It's this thick thing. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, it's this." <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because he's running around, and he's like, "Oh, oh, don't tell." Oh, and I'm like, "Damn," because it's really hard to do that. Like, you gotta, yeah, you got to chill because it's it's so hard to sing like that. Um, but when you watch Rob Zombie later, I watched some stuff from '98. Like he's just chilling, and he's got all this crazy crap on stage. You know, I I when with Rob Zombie, I'm really. I'm always thinking of this quote that one of the it's an extraordinarily record producer dude ass quote to think of like the A&R that signed Static X at Warner Brothers was like was like, you know what? The girls can shake their asses and the boys can mosh. They got everything you'd want, which is just the most 1999 ass thing. A record guy, an A&R could say everything you could want. But that is important to me to to like explain the appeal and how well, weirdly big bands like Static X, Rammstein and Rob well, Zombie are. Also also, for, for context of that, uh, Shake Ass is like, uh, back then, this is like unthinkable now. Like, that music would have been played in a strip club, you know? And it's That's unthinkable is. now. You will, you will never is. hear a rock, unless you're in like Portland or Jumbo's Clown Room, which no, is a Los strip Angeles, club. Los Angeles, motherfucker. When have you heard any or Chicago Heights, sound? Illinois? I have never like heard Motley Crue in a strip club. I'm like anything that's not like, I've never heard a rock song in a, in a, in a strip club the abs- my entire is- adult life, you know? The first time I heard Lying From You by Linkin Park was at a strip club. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's different in the country, but like what? I've really never heard. What kind of daytime no shift ass pick is that? This is at one in the morning at my bachelor party. So. So it was your playlist. <laughs> this was like you. You were like, you were like, I want to see bitches get freaky to this one, man. We're doing Meteora <laughs> Deep Cuts. I want titties well, out when we do the Meteora Deep Cuts. Oh, my God. I didn't call him that, Kirk, but. Jesus. Well, I, that's a terrifying thing to imagine. But me and Johnny, we had a very sober tea time this morning. And we were talking about how like when people when you hear like a bounce riff, like in a dance situation, like the band's not there, like you're just playing music and there's a bounce riff coming out. You don't really know what to do. Like you're like, do we mosh? You know, you're just on the dance floor. But when you when you when you put it to a four on the floor beat, like like Rob Machine, like Static X, like Rob Zombie did, suddenly it's like very communicative. Like, oh, we all know how to dance to this. We can dance to this. And that's what makes it such malleable music for all these different contexts. Like there's only so many different places you can put break stuff before people start to feel a little a little uncertain. But you could play fucking Dragula anywhere and people will lose their minds. I, I saw someone, I saw a karaoke DJ play it in between songs and everyone sang along to Dragula so loud that he just had to play the whole song. Like it was, it was like rude. It's that's, great. That is why the, but that's why those bands sort of like, like, like it's like how Rammstein tours stadiums, and you're like, how the fuck, how the fuck are they in stadiums right now? And it's just because they have more malleable music that more versatile. No, Rammstein is something special. It's it's yeah. With that level of production, I like I I saw it. I went to the most recent run, and uh, for me, this is the my personal theory. I yeah, I, yeah awesome. I was there too. Uh, I I got hooked up. I was in that um uh, in the uh, the fire pit. No, the place of the fucking buffet. <laughs> 
Oh, shit. the box. Exactly. I got, I got free tickets. So I was, I'm like kind of far, but I did have a buffet and an open bar. So I was pretty pumped. But that was, it was a thing. I was sort of like, like big shows, let's be honest, suck. Like going to a stadium show sucks. Going to an arena show kind of sucks. Like the forum's great, but like most, any show over X thousand people for the audience kind of blows. And Romsheen like weirdly know that. And it's all like tailored that way where it's like, all right, we're going to blow up as much shit as possible, but we're going to make you oh, wait yeah. two hours before you get any of it. Like they're just like, they're like, here's a little bit of fire. And you're like, and you're like, everyone's like kind of bored. You're like, what is this? this is supposed to be the greatest show on earth? And then like five minutes until the end of the set before the encore, they just fucking turn it on. You're like, oh my God. It, it's like, or it's like orgasmic, you know, like people are just like, holy shit. And if yeah. you set that much fire, it's just, it's literally crazy. It's like every time they turn that thing on, what is that? Like 20 grand? Like it's fucking madness. Yeah. I can't even imagine how much fucking fuel it must've burned. Like, um, yeah. especially when they're throwing like the fireballs down zip lines and all that crazy shit. Like must it must take like. Fucking- days of man setting a stroller on fire and when they came back for the encore they just turned everything on i was like jesus christ you know it was like watching a fucking doom level it was pretty cool yeah 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 it was was pretty fucking amazing so uh it was just like i but what i love it is like the psychology of it it's like i I don't know if they they sort of developed it over time of like kept turning up the the spectacle where they're just like you know what this is the way to do it and like so i think for like a more like i don't want to say normie but like the mainstream metal crowd or like rock crowd, they're like, they're going to get this experience. that's just so much better from a mega, mega show. Cause most shows that big, honestly suck ass, you know, you see, have you seen Rob? Yeah. I, I saw him at that, that not fest one. Uh, he's got the robot it was, it was, it was fun as hell. He was not out of breath, uh, saying all that stuff. John five on guitar. Uh, he had bell bottoms. <laughs> Very interesting. John five guitar solo at that show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rob Zombie was doing something very clever in the sense that... <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. I don't know if you know that show. That was like right after uh, there was like some shooting. Uh, yeah. Some school shooting thing. And then the and, next and, band up. Yeah. And then and Marilyn Manson had that quote. I thought you were going to bring up the fact that Marilyn Manson's mic stand was an assault rifle and he was pretending oh, yeah. to shoot the crowd up yes. immediately out in the aftermath of that mass shooting <laughs> yes. in Texas. That's also, that why they had, Fox News. that's also why they had the snipers ready on deck. Oh, they could have took him out. <laughs> uh, Missed uh, opportunity. Yeah, Damn yeah. It, it would be yeah, easy that... too. He was in a wheelchair for that show. Yeah, yeah. Because because uh, he had a, a gigantic uh, gun a prop fell on him earlier that tour. Rob Zombie was clever in the sense that his singles didn't chart as high as you might think they did. Like Dragula wasn't like a a big smash hit. Like you know it, but it wasn't like some huge pop radio hit. What what Rob Zombie did was something that kind of like the same thing that Fred Durst did which was make it, he made himself omnipresent to a certain type of like kid. Like if you watched wrestling and played video games, you were going to meet the fucker somewhere. If you played Twisted Metal 3, you yep, were hearing that yep. motherfucker's music. Nightmare Creatures 2. If you were yeah. watching wrestling, you were hearing that motherfucker's music. And then you... Yeah, not saying that, like to me, Rob Zombie was completely like an omnipresent figure like the whole time. Yeah. Like, you know, open Entertainment Weekly, this is how old I am. The motherfucker would be right there. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, He it, owns it, it that's, too. That's true. That's why he's got that song Teenage Rock God. Like he knows what the fuck he's doing. Oh yeah, he's good. He's good. He was he and he was really good though at parlaying all that into something that go just I mean, especially with like the wrestling angle. Like I, I get why bands were so hungry to be to get those wrestling placements. Cause if you were a big enough factor there, you could go platinum. You know, I'm surprised you guys for being a new metal podcast don't talk about the attitude era synergy with new metal, like the uh oh, I'm just too young to remember it. I'm putting I'm, together uh, yeah, a whole yeah, episode on it research. actually. Yeah, just see just, those matches. Just, just the just the synergy. It's like it was all like right. It all was totally in line, and they both went down together. Like as new metal was dying out, and people were like moving on. 
so was that big moment in, you know in, in wrestling too that they, they just they fell together you know and rob zombie did edges theme anyone i was I pretty checked out wrestling by then i was a child like a small child so i do not know yeah it's also i i have such a all this stuff i have such conflicted memories because uh i'm just kind of a hater and a lot of stuff was really it was really popular it was really mainstream I'm like oh fuck this shit but then i'm like what else is i'll help it i'm like damn this is just too good <laughs> i can't turn it i cannot resist <laughs> And then another big part of the Rob Zombie takeover was American Made Music to Strip By, which is the remix album that came out the next year and charted in the top 40. And like suddenly those remixes were everywhere. Like I like I mentioned that the uh I had mentioned the Dragula Hot Rod Herman mix, which is like the big But it's in the Matrix, which it's is in the, the biggest, fucking Matrix. The biggest movie. Didn't Matrix came out in 98? 99. 99. Okay. So you think about how that extends his reign. You're you're watching the Matrix and you hear through the ditches again. Well, for yeah, for me it was pretty omnipresent. And then I, I remember seeing the Matrix Theater and I was like, oh shit, it's Rob Zombie. Here it is again. And yeah, if you yeah. played Jet Grind Radio in America, there's there it was again. Another fellow elder statesman that saw Matrix in the theaters. What's up? Yeah. Uh oh, do, do you want to do you want to recant your, your your feelings of uh, seeing the Matrix theaters? Uh it was dope. Well, the beginning when like the thing, I was like, "Whoa, this is a fucking, this is a crazy movie." And then as the movie kept going, I'm like, "This movie fucking sucks." The movie left, and it was like, "Oh man, wasn't that crazy?" Movie? I'm like, "No, it's fucking stupid." <laughs> I'm like the one guy who said that though. Sorry. You're like a hardcore Matrix hater. It just sucks. I don't know. Like the the concept's awesome, but like it's fucking corny as hell. Um, but I don't know. The the concept's great. I like Keanu Reeves. I don't know. It, it, yeah, I, I, I just didn't like it. I never liked just it. Pissed I off it was everyone that listens to this podcast. I, I love the, I love this love love the soundtrack. Love the soundtrack. That's very loved, memorable. It, it's fine. Matrix he takes he takes the aesthetic. Qualities. Also, you know you know fucked me up is um you know Matrix is the first time they did that awesome like the camera three sixty thing. Uh, this indie film, which is a great movie, Buffalo sixty six, does the same trick right before it, and I was really into the movie, so I actually saw the Matrix tricks early. So like, so that was like, oh, it's the thing from Buffalo 66. That was still amazing, you know, but like. So you were like, you were like bitter about it. You're like, they stole this. No, movie. I wasn't bitter about it. I was just like, but Buffalo 66, the first time I ever saw that and the Matrix did it. And it was like the year after. Um, obviously, that the camera time and stuff like that. Yeah, it became all, yeah. so ubiquitous in the mainstream that it got really fucking annoying. Really, yeah, fast. and it ruined like you know movies that could have been cool, like Brotherhood of the Wolf that they took the Bloodborne costumes from, like every stupid fucking slow mo or freeze frame or whatever, just like ruining all the action. You know, it's like when movies are so popular, they just have like negative. Everyone just copied them. For me, just the Matrix has just got really corny with like it's like oh it's, the love is the true answer. I was like what? I thought this was a sci fi film. Like this, this is ridiculous. It definitely you know? helps to be seeing those like later on like i wasn't allowed to see the matrix the matrix was like you can't see that it's very it's very it's first of all it's not that violent it's actually like a lot more tame than it's like more of a pg-13 movie i don't know how it ever got it is a pg-13 movie no it's yeah, not. isn't it like, it's so r-rated it's an, R-rated, it's an r-rated movie for sure because sure? i sure? wanted to see it so bad and i was not allowed to see it so by the time i did actually see it i thought it was the coolest shit ever just because i, I had that uphill battle you guys paid oh. your 850 for a ticket and walked in there so yeah and i remember people be like god movies are so expensive now 850 if this popcorn gets above six dollars, I'm never seeing a movie again. Yeah, um, over. You, you, the matinee, I think, was like five seventy five. Actually, it wasn't eight fifty. It was cheaper then. I think this was nineteen ninety nine. It's a long time ago. Yeah, we okay. saw it on a Saturday afternoon. I think it was four twenty five or something. It was really cheap. Yeah, yeah. Right that, before we went to go uh, press. spend the rest of our allowance on magic cards. <laughs> well, I, I used to do this thing too back then. You, uh, your parents would drop you off. You go to one movie and then you sneak into the others. So, like, I saw Spawn and Event Horizon back to back. We went to one and snuck into the other. It's a fire it, double it, feature. Like I don't know. Spawn sucks. The Michael J. White. <laughs> Event Horizon sucks too. 
All late nineties movies are soundtrack. terrible. With great exactly. soundtracks. It's terrible. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Love it. Love the sound. Love the soundtrack. Yeah, great soundtrack. But I mean, like, you know, uh, like we were super into the Spawn comic book, you know, because we were part of the nineties, you know, image uh, comics revolution. And we we're like, we remember, we're like little kids and we're like, that movie sucked. <laughs> jaded little kids yeah i know we're i don't know i told you i'm sorry i gotta apologize i'm just a born hater it's kind of an asshole but yeah every uh, matrix movie we're... is rated r they're rated r and yeah I know, I, and i definitely saw the first matrix later in life and was like what why was everyone telling me i wasn't allowed to see that like what what happens there what's up with that all three of those s- movies are rated r and then taken as pg-13 and he murders paris france in that movie you know, you know, uh, <laughs> you know why you couldn't the see whole it city because you had christian parents and they knew it was trans propaganda Oh, 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 they didn't know, but they knew they could see through it even back then. I remember seeing Matrix Reloaded and I never saw the third one. I didn't even bother. No one's seen the third one. Okay. I kind of like the third one. The second one, the, 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 at the end of the second one where he's talking to the architect, I was like laughing hysterically. I'm like, this is so fucking we stupid like just when we just watched the Matrix Reloaded in the discord. And I still like that movie, but that's there's, there's some cool shit. That scene where he's blabbling on to the architect and they're just like exposition dumping the Matrix rules. You're just kind of like... And I get it. They're trying to explain these heady concepts, but like, just like as cinema, like you're just watching like, and he's like, visa vis. I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, I was like, it's cracking me up. Did this come with a syllabus? What are we talking about? It reminded me of the Star Wars prequels. Like, that's what it reminded me of. Just two characters just yapping at each other for like 13 minutes. On the door to your left is truth. On the door to your right, yeah. Also, and they got they start getting really loose with it, where it's like, oh, um, he kind of turns into a werewolf, and you fight him with the sword. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, you still can't oh. run on the highway sequence though. Which the is highway cool. sequence is awesome. That's the best part of the movie. I, I will, I do think that's great. I, I like that, and I love how there's the it's like a video game angle, like over the shoulder where you're shooting the gun, and I'm like, this is tight. You Insane. Know? Yeah, that redeems most of the movie. But have you seen the? I, okay, how about this? Sorry, the first thirty minutes of the Matrix, I think, is awesome. You know? Yeah. And then by the end, I was just like, what the fuck? I think the first movie. However, it's a great movie. Introduce all this stuff. Very important movie. Um, it, it's it's I don't I don't. You should definitely see The Matrix. If you haven't seen The Matrix. Have you, you know? seen The Animatrix? <laughs> yes, I did. I think that's the best Matrix movie. It was pretty cool. I, I think really, you might be right. I really like that fucking movie. Like, I yeah. And movie- also, I, I was like friends with nerds. who just like, this is just all ripped off anime, man. It's bullshit. But I don't know. It, it was super new at the time. It, it was an exciting time when The Matrix came out, you know? Do you guys have anything to say about The Sinister Urge? I think that it's decent, with, but it's really hard to recommend to people considering one of the song titles on there. Oh, great. You know this is great. I, no, I have no idea. I don't idea. even know if I should say it on the show. I've never even seen this track listing. I'm excited about this. Okay. It's on the album. I mean, it's called Take Her Down to Cripple Town. What? <laughs> Sound great. I wouldn't say that you can't even say that, but that is uh, sound shit right I just don't know if I want audio of me saying that. Bring her down to Cribble Town and pinch. I'm gonna make that a, a DJ drop of mine. I'll put that on a pad of you saying that. You know what? What also tickles me because uh, you guys are, uh, you know, you're in a, living a more enlightened time. You guys are such nice boys, but like um, the, uh, the average listener and, and partaker of New Battle uh, would be very like very uncouth, <laughs> like a young boy, <laughs> like. It, it, you know, so like, what do you mean by that? Can you very, go on? Yeah, uh, evolve that thought. Correct. Evolve that thought. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just like it would be very alien, I think, to uh, to new young people who are into this music and see from very different concepts like this. Like, yeah, and, and a lot of the decisions that inform all this stuff, especially just, like, like, yeah, like this unfathomable. Is, 
you know. This is an online scene where every other week corn gets canceled because people discover the chorus of camel tosis. Yeah. So that is, it's kind of hard never, for me to recognize that is never, that has never uh, happened. Have you not that seen is, people talk about that? That's Correct. never happened. There, there is a small yet dedicated online section that somebody will read the lyrics to seven words and decide they're going to try to cancel Deftones on Reddit. That comes it up happens about once, once every six months. Yeah. That comes up every once in a Surprisingly, while. Surprisingly, not that comes up every once in a while. Which he says that, that way no, more that comes up. He'll be like, "Is this a song where Chino said the N word?" It's like, "All right, one yeah, of them, you know, yeah, it's one of three. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is, isn't it?" Or like, like, Cran, I was, you know yeah, what? Cran? Off the like Linus demo, freaks. Well, oh. nobody can tell if he says it or not because yeah, every good single Lord, word man. in there is incomprehensible. I was keeping an eye on Cran. I was keeping an eye on your interaction when I posted that Guns and Roses song, and someone was like, "Is this a song where Axel says the N word?" And you were like. No, that's one in a million. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, come on, let's not have one in a million discourse today. Let's let's not do this today, baby. Have you heard the song one in a million? Yes. Oh, yeah. You you think like you think like things are are, are a certain way now and they were a certain way then the idea that a band could put that out and just kind of like get away with it is like, well, it, it, it was it was weirdly under the radar because it was always a thing where it's like even, you know, we're talking like early 2000s be like. Have you heard that uh, Guns N' Roses song, One a Million? You're like, yeah, I think so. It's like, do you remember the lyrics? And you're like, oh. <laughs> you, know? you know what? That's a good point. Because you wouldn't be able to just look it up on Spotify. Like, you'd have to go get the album. Do you guys want to stick <laughs> up for, I mean, do you guys want to stick up for Educated Horses? Does that go in? No. We're pretty, are we like out by this point? No, he comes back, but that album is in his like dead zone of he's just a director, not really focusing on the quality of his music. What's his comeback? uh I, some people say hellbilly deluxe 2 but no that album is dog shit i would say venomous rat gender uh, uh i mean gender, i figure we should actually gender. talk about the, the, the album proper at some point like go in order or something but uh i mean this is a high that's point. how the show goes we kind of yeah. bring up an album and then just go around we'll circle it. back we'll circle back <laughs> actually i was listening to your system of down one and i was like crying laughing with the cow stowers because you're just talking shit for like an hour straight i was laughing so hard and i'm like yeah, damn you guys, you guys just you guys just put this out like what if the guy hears it from the band well that's why we reference stuff that happened a long time ago because we recorded it in november and i've just been sitting on it like am i gonna put them am i really gonna put this out like we're kind of going off but i just decided yeah i'll just i don't think serge is gonna be listening to our podcast and if he is he should be we didn't talk shit about him though i didn't yeah, think we did. i didn't think we were too tough yeah you know, even um, what's funny is like you don't think if someone like ultra famous, you'd think like like why would I think it hurt your feelings? Like you fucking won. Why would you give a fuck? And like surprisingly, I it, it, sometimes it does. You know, well, to or, me... if it, or if it's like insightful. I there was this one podcast I heard. It's this another thing. You know, we're not big enough to get like really like trash that much, but um, it was this like three hour podcast that was like went through every single piece of discography, and this guy just going insane trashing every little thing and like going deep on like a psychological profile like trying to trash person as a person i was like wow this is really crazy i've never experienced this did you listen to all <laughs> like three hours i listened to the whole, I, I, no, no, I listened to the whole thing and i'm like jake you don't listen he's like why the fuck would i listen to that you fucking weirdo and i'm like i don't know a guy put a lot of work into it like he, he <laughs> did, thought about this did he like, make any good points were you like man that's that, that's always great because he's like i was like damn this guy's cutting me like i gotta agree with this guy he's destroying me and then <laughs> then he was just like yeah because you know if you do it right it'd be like this and he played the shittiest song i've ever heard in my life i'm like oh you fucking dumb shit like, you can't do that. You can't take turkey. it to the mat. You no, that's great up. though. No, that's great though. He put he laid he showed his ass. Put it on the table. Put it on the table. Oh well, you don't need to include that in the podcast. You edit these things, right? Why would I edit that out? Mm. I guess it is funny. 
I don't know if we were gonna. I didn't know we were gonna talk about the album proper though, because I felt like you guys had already said your piece, which was like, no, that's singles, it. Like it, big single, <laughs> second half is kind of lame. All right, if we're going back to the album, I'll just say that this is a very personally important album to me because it's one that me and my partner have listened to together time and time and time again. It's one of the few new metal albums that they actually enjoy. Uh, other than that, though, it's just a good uh, album. We kind of well, it, everything. It's kind of funny because it's it's so great and it's so brilliant, but like you don't like i was thinking about like i don't have a lot of like deep things to say about it i'm like these are just great songs you know like it's like it's i don't think funny. there's any emotional breakthroughs happening when you hear living dead girl yeah and you're just kind of like or he's like conquering the world like oh that's fucking that's cool like, you know <laughs> dragon that's like that's the monster card tight like this is sick there's <laughs> like this is an infinitely the... re-listenable album but like nothing in here is too like it's not really a thinker like you don't really have to like sit down with a cup of coffee and contemplate Hillbilly Deluxe. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't have the the fucking Patrick Bateman you know meme or anything. But I, okay, actually, I do have a funny story though. So when I first actually heard Hellbilly Deluxe, uh, this is 1978, so Napster like hit a little bit later in the year, and overnight everyone became a PhD in rock and roll, myself included. But before, there's we were still like discovering stuff and getting a trickle down from older brothers and. Uh, my my buddy had his three disc changer, and we'd always hang his house because we could get weed. His mom was super permissive, you know, um, and like gave him the master bedroom and stupid shit like that, and like a townhouse. Anyway, um, it was this thing where like I was trying to like, ooh, uh, I picked up the this Iron Maiden, and he bought a real live Dead One, which is a live album that came out also in 1998. And I'm like, Iron Maiden, like I need to get into this. Uh, and I'm like, oh, where Eagles Dale Dare track six? That's the same name as a Misfits song. I gotta hear that. So I went track six on the CD, and I put the CD in, but I was from the bottom so i couldn't see where it went in and little did i know i had put the cd on top of the hellbilly deluxe cd and went to track six which is demonoid phenomenon and you see the artwork of uh, iron maiden as a kid you're like i have to get into this band this much is the heaviest band in the world and the demonoid phenomenon started and i was like oh shit this is what iron maiden sounds like oh yeah and then it kept going and i'm like wait a second, something's wrong with this this doesn't make any sense and i'm like wait a second, i know how iron maiden is i know i know fucking right of the hills and then i had to like Figure this out, and I opened the CD player and I pulled them apart, and I was like, "Oh, this is oh Rob Zombie, the White Zombie guy." And I'm like, "This is fucking great," and that's how I started listening to Hellboy. Your life almost went in a 100 different direction. Like nothing about your life would be the same if you had actually listened to Iron Maiden on that day. No, I listen to Iron Maiden. I love Iron Maiden. But you, but your we listen to all was, these CDs. See, we only we, had a rotation of like six CDs. We heard the same ones every day. We'd come home after school to my buddy's house. We'd smoke like a three foot bong, and then we'd hit the CD changer, and we had Jimi Hendrix greatest hits and Justice for All. Hellbilly Deluxe, uh, that real live dead one. I'm like running low here. We have like two more. <laughs> That's good enough. And two more. You can leave it there. Yeah. I the part in like I think uh it's Super Beast that has the big hey yeah. It's like the like the quadrillion multi-track yeahs. And it's like it's like, oh, this is like monster truck rally music. This is my buddy, uh my buddy in the scene, he made this crazy uh, mixtape and where he spliced together it was uh Little John's yeah and then Rob Zombie's yeah. And it was like this mix and he'd be like, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it was like 28 minutes. <laughs> that's, like, that's how you end up, I think, packing stadium. Were they was he doing stadiums for this? Like arenas, stadiums. That's just really crazy to me. When you think about the old days, there's like bands that have like radio hits that sell millions of records and their actual live show would be so much smaller or it's like comparatively to like, you know, X small artists, but like a super famous song. So like stuff, that, and that's the thing too, like going back to NotFest, OzFest, thinking it was so big, it's like, I think the capacity was like 25K or 40K and that was like at the height of, height of new metal, you know, whereas like, other festivals are like in the 80,000, 100,000 range or 50,000. It's just, it's just really weird how you think about stuff back then, you know? Well, I mean, what I'm, what I'm thinking about is like 
there's a difference between a band. It, it's like you said, how some bands don't have the live show that you think they would. Whereas with an album like this, he's the songs just sound like they have to be played out of stadium uh, sp- stadium PAs. Yeah, and it's well, it's awesome. And when you go to, do you guys ever been to Universal Horror Nights? I have not. It is. Just, oh yeah, it's just Rob Zombie. You go there and it they're playing Dragula and songs of that era, and they have strippers and everyone has like the fucking red and black like thigh highs and fucking hats and Jack Skellington hot topic shit. And it's like in fire and it's great. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Where you is this just saying that strippers Dude. don't strip to Rob Zombie? Come on. Well, like this is like they're, they're doing the thing that it's like, hey, this is our Halloween. What I love is like, OK, so Halloween, you guys like go to ha- the haunted houses. So like the cheap ones, not not spare, not scary farm, but it's like teenagers. and It's kind of low budget. The magic of going to Universal Horror Nights is it's all high budget. And everyone there is an out of work actor or they and they hire strippers. Um, so and it's like it's all trashy and like like very much like for adults and it's just Rob Zombie hot topic all day like oh, Marilyn Manson sounds like I'm going all the kind of you know got, like the uh, sexy uh, you know uh, industrial uh, whatever you would call it got you know American music yeah, yeah yeah it does help to Basically. like it does help to have your like co-opt an entire holiday to be associated with an entire holiday. well that's also a genius thing it's like when you're growing up you're like uh oh Cypress Hill it's like hey we're the weed band it's like wow weed's pretty popular. It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, Misfits, Rob Zombie, Cramps, like, we're a Halloween band. It's like, that's a pretty big holiday. Good idea. You know? Typo negative. Yeah, like, I'm a Halloween band. It's like, oh, good move. There's good no move. Thanksgiving band. I can't believe this. So, naturally, I can't I can't believe this actually happened, and I had no idea. Pitchfork did review this album. Did you know that? No, I did oh, not. Oh, here we go with the Pitchfork reviews. Dude, <laughs> and, it's, and it's like the most 1999-ass Pitchfork review ever. I decided the best way to review Hellbilly Deluxe was to visit my cousin Stu in Dixmore, Illinois, where he resides in a bachelor pad, double-wide trailer, and the Deluxe trailer court. Like, yeah, this is this is an album review, all right. 4.7 out of 10, by the way. Pretty Whoa. classist. I don't yeah. know about that. 4.7 out of 10. Yeah, I can oh, say yeah. that because now we don't have a writer on here from them. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and torture you all by reading the whole thing, but like that is like the kind of idea. It just kind of is more like the the writer's got a bone to pick, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like he could have been reviewing the new dismemberment plan, but oh, great. Now I've got to do this fucking Rob Zombie album. Uh, I Well, I will say about this. So the first side, the, uh, the Shabab, Shabang, Shaboom first side is uh, flawless. And intro is amazing. Super hit, super hit. Instrumental things, great. Another super hit. And then the be- the best one, my favorite, is the track six. So I had that moment with the, the demonoid phenomenon. Oh, because like and that what the impact. That's what I say though is like if it had actually pulled your brain in that moment was wide open to whatever the next music was about to be. If it had queued up the Iron Maiden, it would be a very different life for you right now. But no, it happened. It was demonoid. Phenomenon. I know, I'd already had my musical awakening previous to that, but yes. And uh, demonoid phenomenon is where we got health. Health entirely. No, 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 not at all. I'm Holiday Kirk with the new metal agenda. Thank you all so much for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> secrets revealed no this music was i i wasn't I, I didn't have this album though i thought i heard dragula like around because it's it's one of those songs you you don't know how you heard it but you knew the dig through the ditches burn through the witches part and i remember thinking that this was a very scary looking album and i never listened to it well the, the it's more like the art is like a little more fun and a little cartoony whereas like i felt like the previous or like at least uh uh the astro creep 2000 it's like it looks like cool, like really cool. This is more like, hey, <laughs> Universal Hard Eyes, baby. You know, it's like <laughs> this is more like PlayStation One cover, very circus esque. White Zombies yeah. like VHS tapes, cool VHS tapes, and this one's more like DVD. Um, Cran, did you ever were you into the Zomber Zombert at the time? 
Not the Rob Zombie stuff. But White Zombie? Yeah, White Zombie I loved. I, I loved Astro Creep. I loved... Uh, <clears throat> oh, I don't know if you remember this. At the time, you, you couldn't watch a movie trailer without hearing More Human Than Human. Really? I don't remember. Yeah, that song remember. was like, ubiquitous. You could not was, escape was, More Human Than was Human. It was everywhere. Every movie trailer, like every TV movie. It's sort of got to be like every 30 minutes, there'd just be some like promo like this. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I want to hear oh, that song well, more. I that song one of those is fucking so returned awesome. Guys, but for Rob Zombie. Song is so awesome. Oh, you think Rob, you think Rob got worse when he sold out? No, nah, he probably got better. No, I just want to go back to the album. I didn't hear it for the first time in full until like five years ago. You didn't, you didn't hear that white zombie album? No, the Rob Zombie album. Oh. Yeah, one of you guys got does. One of you do need to put you, Z. You got to put your shoulder behind the plow and push because I have no relationship to this album whatsoever. Like it has never clicked for me, and it still hasn't. Like I'm just kind of like it's all right. It's a Damn. metal album you can fucking dance to, dude. I don't know how you're not like clicking with it, getting into it. You're literally I'd rather a metal listen. To, I'd rather listen to Static X. It's, I was, it's because I heard Wisconsin Death Trip first. I was just gonna say. Plus, I mean, like I can fair. play these. I can play these songs without being into them. That's the beauty of the four on the floor kick, baby. You can play them, and you don't need to like know them inside and out. And like I said, like I like the songs. I like that Hot Rod Herman remix of Dracula. What can I you say? You know, the question I have is, is this it's 1998, 99. Uh, like, was this done on Pro Tools at that time? Uh, there's all this stuff that's like really modern about it where it, like it's just like it's all loops. But obviously you can still do that with the machines back then. But still, it it's, is like, super it's, like, it's, it's, it's like, well, no, it's like Ableton. It's like it's like it, it, it's great. It's just like hook here, hook here, hook comes in, hook comes out, another hook. Here, here's another. Okay, you want another melody? Like boom, 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 boom. They're fucking nuts. Yeah, what it's was very the budget for this album. Quick sample. There's no way these are live drums, right? No, they are. They're just, they're just uh, they get a super, super, super tight live drum kit, like really good player, and you loop it or or you put together. But like that's something they, they would go out the way to do that with those, like to be like, okay, hey, it's still a drummer, you know. It sounds like a live kit. It's just like fully on perfect. It's just played right? really tight. It's like very, I don't Super know. Super tight loop. Is quantized a word? Yes, quantize. quantize now, yeah. uh, like a lot, you just get someone, you know, really tight. They do it in, like, you know, staying alive in the Bee Gees, like that's a drum loop of a live drummer. Oh, it and is? That's, that's what was mind blowing. Everyone's like, whoa, this is fucking on. And the drummer who recorded it, he's like, dude, that sounds better. Go with the loop. And that was like mind blowing. You know, we're like, where what music was going to go. It's, it's kind of cool with music, like, there's like songs from the Supremes and the Motown where they're like, you know, you, the the limitations of technology. It's like, oh, we want a really like crazy thing for the clap. And they're just like hitting a block of wood next to the mic with all the other music to get this like artificial like donk on the on the clap. And it's you like know, uh, you know dancing, in the, you know, dancing in the street by Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. Yes. So that's the there's a the the big like tambourine sort of sound in there is Phil Spector banging huge chains on the floor of his garage and Believe recording it. that. And that's like, that's, I mean, that's so cool. That sort of tactile feel. Totally. Uh, but also, uh, you know, Phil Spector would keep you there for like 30 hours clapping until your hands bleed and like put a gun to your head and be like, sing it again. <laughs> He's totally yeah. Okay, but Dancing <laughs> in the Street, banger. And Slipknot self-titled, banger. Like sometimes these crazy ass producers had had some good ideas. <laughs> Phil Spector uh, producing Slipknot. Phil Spector producing Slipknot. We need the Wallace sound for Phil Spector. Joey, just play the fucking Be My Baby beat. It's not that hard. He's got the gun to his head. This is this is esoteric humor for sure. I yeah, think that, uh, that was actually the thing that Ross Robinson uh, podcast listened to you guys. You guys like I didn't know because I was I was wondering what that guy was like, and I'm like, oh, he's so spiritual. Yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like birds landing on his shoulder while he was talking, and it would like snow and it would start snowing and he'd be like not now and it would stop snowing it, it was, was like a religious <laughs> leader showing us the mountains around him and shit it was, yeah he was he was calling surreal. in from the fucking mountains 
really see i really wish we could drop the video component of that one but i want to text okay. him and be like can can we put that on our patreon so. It started raining during the interview, and he's just like, ah, yeah. He was like, yeah. he was like, he was like, ah, blessings from above. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, totally. So the Blood Brothers. Um, but I think that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish you guys brought that up. That's the, uh, that's the album I would ask them questions. Bumble. About. Sorry, I I mean my. Well, I, it's 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 not a new metal uh, record, so. I mean, Kirk posted on the account, so it is now. What? No, it's yeah, not. Kirk posted the Blood Brothers song. I posted it, it, but it's not now. new. It's not new metal. It's not new metal. Man, even you fall for the propaganda. Even you fall for the propaganda. I never think I'd have I'm to explain for it. I'm you. pushing it. I'm pushing an agenda, if you will. And that is that is also healthy. This is a good balance, though. I think between live kit and quantization. Because do you think like do you think the kit's overdubbed? Like, do you think there's drum machines and live yes. kit at the same time? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and I think it retains that tactility. Like what what I struggled, what, like I think easily the thing I tune out. When someone sends me like a newer metal song, like, oh, check this song out. This is great. Hear this. As soon as I hear those like sample drum hits, I'm out. I'm, I'm like zero out of 10. So, you know, well, I don't, I don't know. know. Here's the thing, though. Like a lot of like all the the reason why Andy Wallace mix were so mind blowing in the 90s, it's because he was using samples. He was just triggering them analog. Like if you listen to the isolated drum track from Nirvana, there's a moment on uh, In Bloom where like the drum sample like mis triggers and it fucks up. You just can't tell them the context of the song. We listen to it solo. Like, because it's like it's it's hitting off like a piece of rack gear audio uh, thing and, and people didn't know and so they're just like how the fuck does it sound like this and it's like there's fucking samples like, but i mean like when i'm talking about like the modern metalcore drum sound it's well it's, yes so the the modern well the modern metal is like this is the thing too it's like uh, with uh, so much modern metal, like it is electronic music like the level of insano production like that's going on and uh, like the ultra like they'll do stuff where they slow it down like get each chug might grow perfect like you know you know it is electronic music i loathe that shit either either there is no live drummer at all or they made it sound like there's no live drummer and i mean i don't know whatever works i mean you're making an album it's not it's not real you know there's a new interesting thing what i found like they're producing like weird rock bands more electronically where it's like really artificial how they're pushing but it's still just guitar based drums uh i listened to like this post-punk thing the other day that people like and it's like i thought it was like electronic music instruments because it sounded so natural and you listen closely it's like it's just a rock band just mixed really fucked up you know in a really like weird way you couldn't produce live do you Oomst. guys use yeah Oomst. i think it was model actress does health use live drums yeah we were just in we recorded some in ross robinson studio the other day we have a drummer proud of him them uh <laughs> but we have there's i mean yeah but everything there's nothing that's not being touched by fucking 80 plugins on my computer in the band, you know, like it's, we're very, we're very much in the, the Rob Zombie school that we're like, we're making this thing, <laughs> making this, uh, this whatever piece of music. It's not, it's not representative of like, uh, four guys in a room. Our old stuff's like that. What's your number one choice out of the three singles? Super Beast, Dragular, Living Dead Girl. Super Beast. That is the one. Living, Dead, Living Dead Girl took me a long time to like. At the time, I was like, ah, this is fucking silly. And then I'm just like, all right, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> does anyone want to like real what about you guys cran z super beast like hey, it's because it's Metal Free. Oh, oh man we got we when got you see it live everyone here. in the crowd goes the fuck off for super it, beast it's uh, it's so tight dude <laughs> i, I, I got like, cannot dude. wait to say hey fond yeah. memories of shooting missiles out of an ice cream truck to that song so. there we go now we're talking a real rob zombie memory right there t t twisted metal did not like there's no like new twisted like people don't like it had didn't continue it was just our like, combat in that, in that moment yeah did they, they do anything after black? i want them to bring it back so bad i, I was twisted metal was just like a, a man with two giant wheels that was the ps3 one yeah, yeah oh, no that was, that was ps2 
too. Yeah, he was yeah, around for PS One. The first one had Axel. Oh yeah, and Twisted Metal Two, I think, was when he debuted. Actually, yeah, was he in that, the first one? I don't know. I was just so amused that it was just a guy with wheels. It was really funny to me. <laughs> Does anyone want to try to claim that American-made music to strip by is better than Hellbilly Deluxe? No, I'll say it's better than Reanimation if we're just talking about remix albums. I, I know. I, I I gotta say, remix albums are terrible, with the exception of my band's remix albums. <laughs> uh, I don't I can't think of like a great the perfect drug remixes that album is really really yeah, good. yeah. what about I the remember... party silent alarm remix album <laughs> what about I... that limp biscuit uh, remix album new old songs Remixed I it. like that I kind of like that album you don't sit down and like go cover to cover with it but I do appreciate some of the songs on there it's got some uh, weird fucking cuts in there too it's got but... that uh, Neptune's remix of Nookie okay but but what I really respect though as someone that does all these DJ events now is that I respect any remix that keeps the vocals the way they were so people can still sing along to it because if you get too creative in the with the vocals and suddenly no one knows how to sing along to the song then no one's having any fun but when you drop the Neptune's remix of Nookie, it's in the exact same order yeah. and everyone can fuck with it still. So what you're uh, saying is you're not a big fan of 100 Gex and what they've done to Linkin Park. Oh, my God. I fucking like their remix of One Step Closer more than the original some days. Like, I fucking I fucking love the one the uh, 100 Gex remix of One Step Closer. I think they were. Yeah, that's like super next level to me. All right. I would have let them do a whole reanimation, too. I think that shit is incredible. You don't? Collision Course 2. Collision, collision course too. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Hundred links, ten thousand links. Uh, I had a fun. This is a funny mo- uh, old memory. You guys have me access. I was in a warehouse music and sometime in the nineties or something, and uh, there was the Bush remix album. And oh you could, Jesus! Like, and, and you could check it out on the CD player. I bet that's really bad. But I'm, and I was like, oh, oh, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> Where you put the headphones on it? Well, was yeah. it like four songs or like forty five seconds of each song from the album? No, no, no. It was, were you, this, the, the CD was in a player and you just like hit it and you could just listen to the whole thing. Okay. All it right. Was, so you're um, talking about it was a Virgin Mega Store in Chicago where it was just snippets, but from every song in the album. So you got oh, the first wow, 45 okay. seconds and then it would fade out. You're referring oh to Deconstructed, right? Yes. 65 minutes. Oh, Ooh, yes. Why? The ending. Because that's really, that's what, that's what everything Zen needed to be. Seven minutes long. That's what we were missing out of out of everything zen was a seven minute mix Although, but it's also what? it's also a thing too like Ooh. the remix thing with like the remix like it, it's it's probably going to be a comp like it's it's a hard it's a hard road you know I'm, i i will give bush credit for one thing though i'm looking at it right now and i'm seeing that lunatic calm did a remix of come down and as soon as i'm off this call i'm going straight to that because that is <laughs> that actually sounds like it could be super badass i mean honestly now i bet i would really appreciate it i just like especially at the time you're like what is this shit like you know it's like well, what's a 15 cd the funny thing about remixes is that re- you, you, if you're sitting down to listen to a remix album, that's not how it's typically supposed to be. You're supposed to like pick and choose from them and play them. I feel like as a DJ, like that's yeah, what they're, the remix they're, albums a, are for. Originally, they're supposed to be yeah, they're supposed to be for a DJ. They have a special, you know, there's a dub mix or whatever. There, there is a version for a different setting, you know. Like on that Limp Bizkit uh, remix album, New Old Songs, there is a William Orbit remix of my way and it's an it's a six minute like trans house remix of the song fucking awesome but it like if i just sat down and threw it on like to listen to on my headphones it wouldn't work but in context it's incredible because you get the vocal samples in a totally different context and it's amazing but but as is like new old songs the remit limp biscuit remix album is 75 minutes it does not hold up across 75 minutes i'll tell you what 
Well, the the curse of the compact disc. I hate how a lot of um like most '90s albums are doubles albums because of how much space you can put on a CD, and there's just like they're just too long. With the exception of Tool, Tool maxed out the CD, and it's all great. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Yep, it's great." Tool is the ultimate all misses, no hits band. Like they when they what? really got what? what they really Shut went in. Fuck up. Like I don't. I wouldn't say Laterless <laughs> is like the worst album of the year that it came out in, but I'd say it's like down. It's like bottom five because if you can listen to that bullshit ass wank and like in full Dude, and get something out of it, I don't know yeah, how I you're. I was listening to that CD. I'm holiday Kirk with the new metal agenda. I'd day. like to thank my guests so much for joining me. Make <laughs> sure on. to be always okay. So we're to wait which. Lateralist is the one that you really love, right? Lateralist? Well, it's it wouldn't belong in your guys' podcast, but man, my 91 Ford Tempo cranks to the max lateralis every day. So every fucking day. I am gonna do Johnny the the credit though, because there's only so much you can say about Rob Zombie. Because it's like Cran, it's funny, you brought it up earlier how like you don't sit with Hellbilly Deluxe and are like, ah. Well, let it's us, brilliant and like fuck it, the fuck it's here. great and the, the production's great. It's just like it's just hilarious. Like, I just don't have like like these sort of like deep analysis to say about anything. I'm just like, this is a great, this is great music. Hey, but like, there's yeah. not much to analyze. I'm the like, yeah. one that you wanted. That's all you really rocks. I'll listen to this album. One of my friends on Twitter, die, had, he had one of the I'm funniest tweets about Rob Zombie's lyrics. It's like, yeah, Frankenstein, motherfucker, raggedy, it's it's it. badass. I mean, he, he's got one of they the don't greatest have to make sense. To be it's it. fine. You it's, know? I mean, they, they make, it's like he's a, he's this horror guy and he's got this awesome voice. It it all worked. The imagery is awesome. The brand is it's all perfect. The brand just like, is strong. It's it's true. It's it is killer, true. You know, they and it's a, like, and it's like Primus. The lyrics are secondary to what they're doing. It's just yeah. they're just no, but man. The, the, the Primus lyrics, like you can read some of those. It's the same principle. Like, stories. Yeah. He's introducing these characters here. and these settings. It's like, okay, yeah. well, now what are you going to do with them? Like, what do you mean? Oh, man. Actually, shit. What year did this come out? Professor Nutbutter's House of Treats. What a tune. Love that shit. Was that 2000? Did you make that up? No, no that's Primus. It's Primus. It's my favorite Primus song. What's their second best album after Antipop? Antipop is the <laughs> best song. <laughs> what the fuck? Antipop has some good songs, but again, he's, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like, oh, that's Electric Uncle Sam. Who the, it's just, no one has guys. He's introducing Sailing Season. No one has ever the answer, by the way. Yes, but, of course. But no one has yeah, ever said that. You're ever. saying that's number two. That's number two, but Antipop's okay. Number so one. Antipop, Sailing the Sailing Season is number one. Sailing Season is number one. And then what comes after that? What's Pork third? Pork soda. Pork soda is third. I would say Frizzle Fry, but hey. Like we guys, fourth. If you go back in time, you're like, oh, it's so crazy. New metal is big. You know what's fucking crazy? Pork soda is a platinum album. Yeah, <laughs> rightfully so. That could only happen in the '90s. That is fucking madness. Hail Santa is a platinum. Actually, the first time I heard Primus was on an MTV special where they played a Halloween show with White Zombie. Yeah, looking back, everything is so much weirder than even at, at the time. Like new metal at the time, I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is weird. Like I thought it was weird at the time. It is so much weird looking back, but nothing is even stranger. I'm like, yeah, that's a platinum selling band. I'm like, I even awesome. think, I yeah. even think, follow the leader going six platinum is super weird. That album is that album is weird. Like we but take it's it really for granted. Poppy, There's a lot of like melodies and just stuff that like earworms. That's not, that album can get stuck in your head. It's yes, it makes absolutely no, a hundred percent agreed. But I still think as far as albums that go five platinum and and then continue to sell, I think it's a weird fucking album to do that much. Even weirder, Kirk. The Freak on a Leash video is the reason TRL had to institute a limit on how many times a video could be number one. And it was the first, and as 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 anyone that would know, it's the it was the first TRL video not by the Backstreet Boys or in sync. So 
And that's why, and that's why every music video budget for them after that was like started at five hundred thousand dollars and only went up from there. Do we have any allegiances to Rob Zombie's films? Yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses rocks. And that's the only one I've seen. <laughs> Anyone else want to step up to the plate? I like this Halloween remake. The first I one, I really, I gotta see it. I've seen all of like the actual Halloween films aside from a uh, Halloween three season of the they, Witch. So I really gotta kind of like his one. music. If you're expecting, or if you're going into it expecting a great film, you're gonna be let down. It just, it kind of is what it is, and you have to enjoy it as you're watching it. Anyone seen? Did the- not care for the Devil's Rejects. What about the Lords of Salem? Yeah, no way. I'll tell, um, I put on, he did the Monsters remake recently, and I put it on because my kids were like, oh, that looks fun. And I was like, okay. And we're like 10 minutes in. And they're like, Dad, can we turn this off? <laughs> oh, that's disappointing to hear. Wait, that's a kid's movie? It's PG. It's very PG slapsticky, just like the show was. It, it, it's a, Yeah, I mean, the show's it, not dark or adult by any means. It's a 60s family comedy. He did arrive. He, I think he was early to the to the realization that like so for if okay he wasn't a did he direct music videos I guess he wouldn't formally no, he did a, he no he directed more human than human and like some of the best videos okay because the the cliche thing for people that were big music video directors is that as soon as they came up to the the movie studio and were like I want to do a feature they'd be like you are allowed to you can only do a horror movie because a horror movie is the only genre where they can spend three million dollars and even if it sucks it'll still somehow make 20 million back dude horror is the only genre now where you can just do something original now and like have it work just like have an idea like yeah like you know like it's like those Blumhouse movies are making so much fucking money like even the guy that directed the music video Samuel Bayer who did Smells Like Teen Spirit among other music videos, his like only movie is uh like the not the Halloween remake. God damn it. I hate I don't like this guy at all. So I really hate that I even have to look this up. Kirk, you <laughs> told me you didn't like movies. This is actually a weird story. So last night, uh, Kirk revealed he'd never seen <laughs> Clockwork Orange or 2001. What you time? Seen 2001? You know what? What, Kirk, time? I, I left, what time I left, was it when that I happened? left Kirk behind you? Oh, you, you grabbed it. I left $10 on that thing for you to rent 2001. You fucking and like read a book. Stupid ass. <laughs> it's like it was like three in the morning. And he's read a like, book, he's you like, illiterate he's son like, of a bitch. He's like, yeah. he's like, he's like, he's like, how have you not? He's like, how have you not seen 2001? You rent, rent the fucking movie. Watch these movies. He made me watch the first 15 minutes of Clockwork Orange, which were incredible, by the way. Oh, no, you were really good. This guy was like, oh, it's like a movie. <laughs> oh, I, do they reference the Simpsons? Oh, now, Kirk, so whatever you do, don't just tell him you like 2001 and spend that $10 on wine. Don't do it. Well, I can, I'll, I'll get I'll get the movie off of Soul Seek and spend the $10 on wine, <laughs> and then I'll enjoy it more. You know? Probably on a streaming service. You can you can, you can can take that 10 and you can buy yourself a nice 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 bottle of wine. Or okay bottle of wine. Okay bottle of wine. Ten dollars. <laughs> get it a, actually get it a pothic red. Something if, nice. If you go to Trader Joe's, that ten dollars goes real far. You can get a great bottle of wine for ten dollars. Lateralis. Lateralis. And this is your favorite new metal album? Not new metal. So Lateralis, your favorite the wine album. It is such a wine album. <laughs> now this is a wine album right here. This is the closest I've ever gotten into getting into a um into a tool album i like i think i i can look well, at enema like, what about enema you don't like enema tool listen man tool one of my a favorite band. records of all time i mean it's fucking brilliant it, it you have that that's that, a top five album for me you have that moment when you're like 13 or 14 or 15 where one of those bands can get to you and sink their hooks into you for the rest of your life dog tool you were playing me like the me. most obscure like drop riff bands last night and you're like ah, i can't really get into this 
<laughs> yeah, because it's like three minutes and 30 seconds. Is you you tell me, like you just sit down right here, you listen to the patient. Listen to the patient. How long? Seven minutes. Oh god. Well, en- enema is more economical. Or uh, fuck it, go back, go to Undertale. Like those are yeah. Almost, I think they're all four four. Like sober prison sex. All those yeah. songs are sober. okay. How about sober? Does sober move you? It's got to move you. Does it bring a fucking really? I like the a my, tear running down my face. The only right. Tool song I like is Stink Fist because it has a big chorus. I like the big. It's got like a really big chorus. They got big choruses. Yeah, yeah. Also those pipes. I heard every Tool album for the first time when they put them on streaming. So that would have been like 2018, 2019. Man, you, you continue. Ama- you continue amaze me, Kirk. Kirk. Kirk kept dropping these weird truth bombs, where I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, yeah, Johnny was Johnny was really spending a lot of time making me feel cool and also super lame. It was really healthy. It was like an exfoliating scrub for my ego. Yeah, I too am a full time hater, Johnny, and I I don't care for Tool one bit. What? What? Hey, what oh, the fuck? They do nothing for me. All right, Why can't John it? be on this episode? He'll back Fran, me up. Thank you. No, so no, you much. hear this? I'm I'm spinning into my computer chair right now. It's a, fucking... John Rosenthal's rolling <laughs> over the, in his grave. The, yeah, rolling. You know, if I was dead, I'd just be fucking the tornado. John's hair just grew another three inches. Yeah. Just knowing this is happening without him. Not John. John. John Other John. Or yeah, Ron Josenthal, as you introduced him on his first episode. <laughs> Doesn't that's because his Twitter ad is Ron of Josenthal. So I don't want to hear it. But anyway, Lateralis. Wow. Come the fuck on. Wow. Wow. That's, Lateralis that's... is the worst Rob Zombie album. For fucking you know sure. What? Yeah, it is. It's a bad Rob Zombie album. And no groove. Can't be... dance to it. <laughs> and I think they need to make that four minute uh that four minute mix of schism and then they would they would do it with me get chris lord algae and hey, remix talk about one. talk about crazy times that song was on the fucking radio it's the number one on spotify it's absurd schism schism was, it was like uh, it was like in seven something time i don't know I will say, uh, schism they used to they had commercials that that video was going to premiere on mtv like, yeah, it was a big fucking deal when it came out. Number 67 on the hot 100. So that's the pop chart. So whatever you think of as being on the chart in 2001, like Jennifer Lopez, Ja Rule, the Twin Towers, like they were on the fucking charts in 2001 with 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 Schism, a song that's in seven minutes and, and was... has an entire section on its Wikipedia page for time signature. There's an entire section, paragraph about okay, time signature. Okay, this is signature. actually really hilarious. So in 2001, uh, I was working at Blockbuster Video and listening to Lateralis every day in my 91.4 tempo. And in my class, after the 9-11 attacks, our teacher made us had we all had to make our own 9-11 music video tribute out of footage that he gave us. And we had to put our own song and I put a fucking Tool song. Johnny, I need you to send that to me as soon as we get off and this call. It's, it's, it's the song. Late, Johnny, late, late I the need album you to send me um... the official Johnny Health 9-11 AMV. Featuring prison sex by Tool. I need you to send it to no, me. No, it wasn't prison Answer sex. Answer off the call. No, I use the emotion. It, it, it's it's late. It's late in Lateralis. The song where it's like, uh, watch the weather change. And so like cool ass bass. It's like the really down song. And I added it. To I that. know you know where it is. Uh, and the fucking comedy was this. The the band teacher at our school wrote it wrote this like symphonic tribute to 9-11. And it had like when the towers hit this like big snare roll happened. Oh, the come on. Music. And this kid I knew who I tried to make a band with. But uh. Uh, he and like and he did the trumpet solo. God, it's fucking hilarious. Looking back, this shit's really, really, really funny. Have you I seen mean, the uh, Dragon Ball Z Lincoln Park 9/11 Memorial AMV? No, no. Oh send, my send, god, send that's that. a masterpiece. It's 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 incredible. It's a song. You gotta post that one again, Kirk. I feel like how I many episodes it. in a row is this that we ended up talking about 9/11? 
It's it's the kind of the fulcrum moment for all of heavy music. Uh, not for me because my fucking stupid ass teacher. We just like it was happening. It was happening live. Everyone's like glued to the TV screen. Our teacher just turns off the TV. He's like, Nah, not doing that. We're doing math. And we just hear people screaming <laughs> in the other in, in the other classrooms. And like I I would go to like meet the kids. I'm like, What's going on? They're like, Oh, it's fu- dude, it's fucking crazy. And like I just didn't see it. Johnny, 9-11's happening out there. We gotta go. Johnny, no, no, it's just going on right now. Kids were running like, around in the yard. Yeah, throwing, it was just throwing this, balls. It was just madness. And it was just like my class. She's just like, nah, we're not doing that today. Ah, right, right, right. Missed miss the whole thing. Miss the whole we'll thing. We'll have 9-11 tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We'll 9-11 tomorrow. Johnny's hilarious. talking about like it was the Super Bowl. He was, he was like, he was like, missed it, man. The, the, hey, the, no, no. It, well, I've I this like this track record of like missing like major events in real time, like uh, like that January 6th thing. I was like crazy hungover. I slept until like 7 p.m. You were supposed okay, to be there. Was over he was, he was in D.C. He was, he was supposed to be there. He was in D.C. Yeah, I slept through. Him, him, and, him and Ariel Pink split a room. They were bunking together. Oh, no, we were, we were booked to play, man. We were, we were booked to play January 6th. And, John from Ice Earth on guitar. And he, yeah, like, and, and, you know, I, I wake up and there's like 800 texts. And I'm like, whoa, what? What? Like, you know. Yeah, Johnny, Everyone I don't know like, how old you are, Johnny, but... uh. When I was in seventh grade, we had a teacher uh-huh. wheel a TV in for the OJ verdict. So I did not miss that. No, once again, I fucking missed this. I'm in class with my teacher, and then I just hear kids screaming, and then kids are just running out of class. They just left class early and running around doing cartwheels and screaming and partying. This was and the I, math teacher again. Nope, we're not doing that. Yeah, Lock the door. Like, and we're like, what's going on? What's going on? Everyone's like, oh, it's OJ verdict. I'm like, every fucking major, like, if the JFK assassination happened, I'd probably be like, I don't know. Like clean a chicken coop or some bullshit. Right? <laughs> what? Who died? Who died? Yeah. What happened? Oh, it's one small step for what? Oh, goddamn! I was in the one small step for you to finish vacuuming these rugs. Yeah, totally. Like every time. Tool. Yeah, no. Perfect circle. Oh. I prefer. I take a perfect circle over tool, and I don't even like a perfect circle. You're At least they made the hollow. Labrus, At least they though. made the hollow. Man, okay, we're going through Emory Lane, man. I had to go to these SAT prep courses. I had that first perfect circle in my headphones. On my and stupid, this on my, I, is... I, had a, I didn't even have Discman. I had a fucking cassette. <laughs> Do you see what I mean, though? This is what I'm talking about when I, when I... Especially with a band like Tool. Like, your relationship to Tool was is you were doing overnights at Blockbuster, working on your, your AMV for your 9-11 class, <laughs> and, like, listening <laughs> Tool, like, morning... Was it 300-level 9-11? And like my experience was was logging onto Pitchfork what? and seeing that Tool had put all their albums up on streaming and being like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll listen to this now. Like they just don't compare. There's no comparison. Like they don't have a place in my heart because of that. It, yeah, it missed me. It missed um, me. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, certain bands you have to hear in a certain window. Like you have to hear Black Flag in within a certain age range, or it's too late. You know, like heard them when I was like three. That. For the first time. Well, okay, that's real. That's really ahead of the curve. But like, you know, yeah. there's certain bands if you hear at the right time, they're life changing. And if you miss the window, it's it's not gonna work, you know. Oh, and you know what? When the window was open for me, I saw Lateralis get a 1.9 from Brent DeCrenzo <laughs> on pitch, which is why I fucking hate pitchfork. That's oh, what man, that was my window. Is I was like, I was like, let me look up this band. Oh, uh, my, my favorite thing ever is the thing pitchfork did recently, and they're like, uh rescored. I thought that like, was I thought that was fun. Oh, that, no, was fun. That, that that gives me so much. I'm like, dude, fuck, you got to stand by it. You know, like it's like Rolling Stone panned every Led Zeppelin around. Like, she just stuck by it. It's like, listen, we hated it. It's like, OK, that's what you thought. Like, just just, you know, have some conviction like that one cracks me up. They're like, actually, the Fragile's really good. Or they're like, oh, Interpol, not as good as we thought. Not as good as we thought. Yeah, it's, it's crappier was... now. 
That's I thought it was a fuck? kind of like, I thought it was just kind of a cute article that everyone took way too seriously. And these guys know, over was, here, by the way, I was crying laughing. These guys over here, by the way, they'll give me a lot of shit for obsessing over this website. Don't even get Johnny started. Well, if you took yes, the young young Johnny, like uh, you know, when Get Color got a seven point four. I wanted to put like a gun in my mouth. Pitchfork, <laughs> like, Pitchfork, like, kind and, of made. Would you? And, is it? Is it totally not fair to say Pitchfork made health? Well, yeah, no, we were. We saw ourselves a Pitchfork. That was the entire economy. Like it was all Pitchfork, and I love the guys there. They did us so much favors, man. They put us all in their things. Like I got, you know, uh, Ryan Schreiber, all those guys. Great, great times with all those guys. But like, man, you lived and died by that sword, and you just be sweating bullets. You know, it's all you thought about. So it shows you how times have changed. Or like, you know, when Volume Four got a three point four. I literally would have jumped out a window back then. And, I, and when that happened in like 2019, I was like, that's <laughs> tight, you know? <laughs> and you know what? By their metric, it's still like twice as good as Lateralis. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. it's still that, like that's, that's the funniest thing. If you take like albums that have got these crazy outside scores and put them next to like classic albums, you're like, oh, this is ridiculous. They'll be like, Sergeant Pepper. It's like 8.5. <laughs> Seven. It's all right. It's all right. We'll give that one a 10, but who's counting? I, I, uh, yeah, Tool, nope, Rob Zombie, no. And that's really the struggle with this episode is it's like, I know that for a lot of these, I kind of have to get behind him and push the plow. But with this one, it's like, I don't. Yeah, Kirk, you know, you're an enigma wrapped inside a burrito. You you, you said some shit last night that I like, I, I spit my drink out and I'm trying to remember what, what you said, but. Recording stopped. Yeah, no, okay, what? sorry, never mind. All right, never mind. Sorry, we'll, we'll keep it going. Okay, what Kirk, did, what did you think say? of Full of Hell last night? What the hell did I say? I feel like that's a band that is so far outside of your wheelhouse. I didn't see them. I was recording oh, a podcast with you, chumps, because they they were they on played, it. They played really played really early. Seventeen twenty loves doing that. They love having their band start at like seven p.m. Maybe because it's a weekday show or something, but they've been doing it early the whole time. I thought it was weird because like when uh, the other show I invited you to the Salvatore Ganacci, he went on fucking like twelve thirty a.m. Yeah, yeah. He, no, dude, he went on at lunchtime. That's that's what that's when he went on. He took the stage at lunch. <laughs> yeah, appreciate both of those though. Um, I mean, I guess that just about wraps it up then for Rob Zombie and uh, I. Just, I feel like we haven't actually talked about the record at all, so I feel weird. But yeah, be, yeah because goes. because yeah. I do all the fucking talking and I don't know anything about this album. I've heard it twice. I heard it twice. Man, how? What? Yeah, I don't because I wasn't I wasn't working at Blockbuster making 9-11 AMVs listening to Rob Zombie day in and day out. This was not well, my neither album. was I. I was listening to Satellite by P.O.D. And I think that album sucks. <laughs> like that was Man. my album when you guys were into all this stuff. I was hitting a three foot bong of the shittiest Mexican weed. We buy you could buy an ounce for sixty five dollars and we'd buy one a month and we'd hide it in my house and we'd pick the seeds for like an hour and a half. and We'd smoke a three foot bong and then we'd hit that three CD changer. <laughs> Yeah, and we'd get we get we get a good mix of three CDs. And Hellbilly Deluxe is pretty often in there. Yeah, and you'd be in, and you're in love. You'd probably be in love with those albums for the rest of your life. 1998. I still think all I was listening to was Evil Empire, front to back, 14 times a day, every day. So I mean, that shit rips. But um, what if Rob Zombie is just a better soundtrack for things happening than the music itself? No, those are pop songs, dog. Th these are not. These are pop songs. They are just hooks on hooks on hooks. And tags. Sure, but even when titles. even when we talk about Lincoln Park, like we have an easier time going hard and on what they meant to us in specific moments. Whereas with Rob Zombie, we're kind of all sitting around here like monster fun. Truck rallies, baby. It's fun. Yeah, that's it's, what it's I think fun. so too. It's, it's a cartoon. It's supposed to be a cartoon, and it's like, hey, hey, yeah. 
just yeah, yeah he's like yeah it's like fuck yeah dude Hell i guess yeah. like i guess trying to do any deep analysis of rob zombie is really getting blood out of a stone it's why well, I, it's it's why i they, can't imagine what his next five albums also, sound well, like more importantly it's missing the point like the point isn't to like i said earlier to sit down and like really really try to figure out what he meant by each word it's to just have a good time and dance around there's some references in there but they're all like hey check this out you know that you know but uh yeah and yeah the, the production is awesome Especially for the time. Oh, yeah. time he, he's Cheryl Crow nuts. with cartoon metal guitars. Yeah, yeah. It's like and I Cheryl love Crow with cartoon metal I guitars. Love, see, for me personally, I fucking love those kind of riffs. Like I like I love the Rob Machine, like Rob Zombie Industrial Metal, like kind of fun dance like chugs. Like they're in fact there is a there's a song that I'm like I'm still like very unsure about, but we're gonna go with it. Like there is a Rob Zombie Rob Sheet S song on the new health record that we're like so good. Like, it's ooh, so are we, good. Are we, are we fucking, are we like going in the deep end with this? It's but, so you know. good. It's the one you played me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that and was you like, guys you are, know. you guys are still like not certain about that one. Well, we're just like, ugh, are we? Have we gone too far? You know, this is this too new, me- too new. Have you not gone far enough? <laughs> have have we stepped into a to a zone? <laughs> they're worried. They're worried. I've manifested new metal health. They're like, oh it, no. It just, it just, uh, no. I for me, it was just I was watching Ramshin. I'm like, this is fucking great. I got to do something just like this <laughs> just for one song, not for all songs. You know, six out of 10 ass album, you know? Oh, for God's sake. Three songs. What? No, you don't like the United phenomenon. Also the instrumentals, the, the, the samples. So tasty. It, okay. Like I feel like white zombie, we could wax way more poetic of the, the awesome cool guy factor and all the, the influences mixed together. And this is all of those together, but the, it's just, it's just this amazing pop product that like you don't there's a hair more substance there too whereas this this album yeah. is pure fucking above the board sugar you know yeah but but the best so this is a fucking a killer this is a delicious crispy cream 12 served to you this, this is a great piece of art i think i think this is incredible song craft you know it just kicks ass but yeah i just i don't have like a fucking like a fucking deep you know analysis or like my take on this is when he says dragula he really <laughs> he's really talking about uh middle eastern tensions this is yeah, really what yeah. dracula comes oh, from oh the, the frankenstein and the, you know it's like it's not like that how long would the lateralis episode have been oh man i could talk about that shit forever so can i yeah like that's kirk i think the reason you don't like tools because you don't like weed i didn't say like, I, I don't think like, there's I, a didn't, I didn't say I, I did not say i don't like tool like they're not my kind of band but i can respect a lot of the music that they made um, so much of my fucking genre wouldn't exist without tool like they're really important to to new metal i think okay. at the time too the, the sort of the mindset is like a uh, tool and was sort of occupied this like uh you know sort of a radio head or like you know go, like god status to people doing this you know the uh, people that wore the so- same hoodie to school every single day and never wash their hair like that was that was tool like tools man tools if you were like super obsessed with tool in high school it really put you in a certain strata of like social that's me i was obsessed tool. <laughs> yeah and now you're and now you're a fucking millionaire so i guess it worked out for you <laughs> well it didn't work out for me i guess so you're on this podcast <laughs> yeah i'm a millionaire from all this new metal agenda money well i, I ain't even that i ain't even kirk that. did i talk to you about this last night Talk about what? <laughs> uh, you guys, yeah. all, do not stop. Kirk's just, uh, I'm listening to this podcast. Kirk's like, yeah, you know, I'm just so broke. And my, my dad's having to send me some money. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, do not say that on podcasts. Like, always project an image of success no matter what. It's bad for your fans, you know? You did chew me out, but I do think having you chew me out on a podcast episode will really, like, implant it. No, don't so, do that. Because then you have to have listen in- to it again, yeah. No, don't have this inside baseball yeah. shit on there. I'll leave Speaking of things you're not going to leave in. 
Yeah, yeah. Come on, you got you got you got fans here, and they love you. I'll leave it's this a great in. community, man. I'll make your, this the preview. DJ. I'll make this the preview clip. Oh, this will Jesus. be the preview clip that goes on the Twitter page. <laughs> preview clip that's not left in the episode. Everyone hears this on Twitter and it doesn't get it in the real thing. I'm Holly Kirk with the new Metal Gen. Thank you guys all so much for joining. Thank you for our guests for joining us, and everyone have a great night.